Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, my talkers, happy new year and thanks for hanging out with us to start 2022. We've got a full cast of characters with us today. Lori's in, Julia's in, of course I'm here, and we're going to have some fun to kick off the new year. The only person we're missing is John Hamm. That's true. He was at all the good watering holes this yes. weekend. People were tweeting us like crazy I from know. the hockey game. Yeah, I he know. made it out Girls. there for the Winter Classic. My yeah. kids were there. They said they oh. they got some really nice seats from someone, and they said that they watched it for maybe six minutes and spent the rest of the time under the bleachers watching it in TV screens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was cold. so cold. But he, they said it was really Thomas Rat. You know, I know people saw him at New Year's and said that was a blast mm-hmm. and seeing him there, that was fun. Yeah, and uh, Tony, who owns uh Palmer's Zicardi, yeah owns Palmer sent me a picture yesterday guess who stopped in here and it was John Ham and then Riemann Schneider had a story about he went to Dusty's in Northeast twice Palmer's and then the Bryant Lake Bowl, uh, bowl for mm-hmm. a little bowling good call good call right yeah that's a good little roundup I've right never there. been to Dusty's I don't even know where it is it's in Northeast it's just a few blocks before or after Elsie's depending which way oh, you're coming on Marshall all right the classic. I do think he's still sober. I want. Uh, it doesn't appear because what people was... said he was trying some IPAs. Okay, you know maybe yeah. he just can drink beer now, whatever. But he, uh, Tony, was like, "Look at John Ham," and I'm like, "Look at John Ham." I know. Anyway, Julia, welcome back. You had the taint week off the holiday. I know, taint you guys. Week. I heard you talking about that. I was like, oh, stop. <laughs> I'm not there to like monitor the language. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can't believe how many people don't know what the taint is. I'm glad. Julia, taint Christmas and a taint New Year's. It taint the A and it taint the B. I have never had this much time off in a row. I didn't work since December 23rd. Right. Oh. And then prior to that, I had two four-day work weeks. I, I've never had this much time off since I can ever, ever remember. It was wonderful. I did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I did Good. nothing. Wonderful. Good. Did puzzles, played tennis, played pickleball. Um, that's it. Yeah. Didn't even, wasn't even motivated to take down Christmas Day yesterday. I thought, oh, maybe oh I should. Oh, my God. I mm. did nothing. Wow. I was... I've watched though every television show possible. Well, we're going to talk about TV a little bit later about what are we all watching because I do feel like, I mean, I know Grant and I both had New Year's Eve's plan and then my show, The Suburbs, was postponed and we're just staying in and we got takeout like from DiGidio's. I guess Mancini's was popping. Oh, right. um, And watch the New Year's Eve uh, specials. But, um, also, you know, we just were like, well, we're not going to, we'll hopefully stay away from this Omicron, which everybody seems to be uh, getting. But um, 
there was, you know, we finished Curb Your Enthusiasm. Did you guys finish <laughs> I have five finished. I have three yes. left. Okay. I have three oh. left. That final episode was so good. I mean, <laughs> Emmy nods all the way around. But Larry David, this is from, I think, last season mm-hmm. where he runs into a woman at the gym a couple weeks after New Year's. Okay. Happy New Year. <sighs> it's a little late, frankly, for the Happy New Year's, you know? Why? Just happened a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, that's too long. Uh, statute of limitations is kind of run out on the new year. Three days. Plenty. Three days. <laughs> By the way, everything doesn't have to be happy. Why, why does everything have to be happy? Happy New Year. <laughs> so Why funny. does everything have to be happy? And it is January 4th, and it's like, yeah, I would say that by tomorrow, no more tomorrow. Happy New yeah, Year Yeah, tomorrow, wishes. no yeah. more. Yeah, yeah, and certainly not next week. I'm in 100% agreement with oh. uh, Larry David. And Three 100% day. agreement in stopping with all this nonsense about Happy Monday. Lori, some people are happy to go back to work oh. on Monday if they've been home and maybe their kids have been too much. Or I want to talk to these people. Happy Monday is an oxymoron. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I, it it's doesn't just a make, new way to say hi. Yeah, but be original and say hello, good day, top of the afternoon to you. Happy Monday. Nobody believes it. It's you, so shallow. You have, you have. Been, You're right. It is. I've been complaining about this for three, for, three months. For years. But for years, too. <laughs> for but years. You've been hot on it lately. I so hate like, when people say happy Monday. Nobody looks forward. Everyone's going to say it to you, not about no, you. No one looks forward to say it. I never say it on this. Uh, I actually was ha- glad today was happy Tuesday because I have been home so long. I yesterday decided I'm I ready. need to go. To work. work to that, I cannot talk to myself anymore. Yeah, to that, I cannot do any more puzzles. To but. that very point, mm-hmm. there was a meme I saw for all the people who in corporate America took the last two weeks off. Yes. This was the Mondays. It's Mondays creeping up, and they're just shivering because oh, yeah. it's like you know they had the last two weeks off, and Think so of the emails. That's exactly. That's how I felt last night. I'm like, even though it's not Monday, I'm like, you know, we had these. I nothing. blew through a bunch of them and delete, delete, delete. Yeah, over the weekend, I'm like, I gotta get rid of them. Yeah, no, it it is it when you've been gone for a while you're like okay i'm going back but yeah i really just want happy monday to be retired from the national good luck on that one well i really do julia and i hope that this very radio station will take note of that and just think of a more creative way to greet the beast called monday (laughs) and today is tuesday so how nice is that we're going to be screwed up all week kind of nice right another uh, the last little gift of the year we have a four-day week this week and then it's just the grind and last week you know we were kind of not really bitching but kind of about working on monday and we kept going why did they not give us this Monday off? The, of the Monday following Christmas instead of the Monday following New Year's. New Year's mm-hmm. Eve, because it was like a lot of people on Twitter were like, "Where? hey, B. Arthur, we've been listening to the same <laughs> reruns for four days. Where is everybody? Wow. There you was, know. yes. There was a lot, right? People yeah. were expecting to be back to on be Monday, back, but we had you know? a discretionary holiday and mm-hmm. they gave it to us. But I don't know why we didn't get the Monday after Christmas. That well, makes yeah, more sense. Yeah, yeah, because anything to make that holiday taint week shorter. I mean, we were just like scraping the bottom, the bottom of the barrel, you know, just to mm-hmm. find anything. We might chat about it. was kind of like when, remember when COVID first started and absolutely everything shut down and absolutely oh, yeah. it, there was nothing. And we, Grant, you weren't with us yet. And we just sit there like, there's nothing. There's nothing happening. How do we spin the story about, you know, when you and I did this or you and I did that? Again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, because there was, it was, it's hard. 
Luckily, we have a lot of stories, Julia. Well, it's been no 30, them. 30 years of joy, you yes, and I. that's right. Sorry. 30 years. Seriously, this 2021 marked our 30th year. Yeah, that's right. We're oh my gosh. starting on our 31st. Wow. We're an old Congrats. married couple, Lori and I. We are. <laughs> We are, even with Casey and the other two husbands, uh, you still I, outlast those I've three only, combined. You've outlasted mine, too, because I was 28 years with Bill yeah, right. between dating and married. But yeah, right. you've outlasted everything, too. Oh. All right. Listen, our story we can't get enough of. It, it's, 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 we're exhausted. We don't understand why the producers can't read the rooms. But yes, The Bachelor came back <gasps> after literally just finishing airing two weeks ago. I loved it, though. We'll be right back. Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us on this Tuesday. Well, just like the coronavirus, The Bachelor is back four times in six months. And right. that's why I'm just saying the producers literally can't <laughs> yeah. read the room because we are exhausted from watching The Bachelor. Um, Although and- I was grateful for it last night, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Maybe so, but it, it, it feels so formulaic because we've seen it we haven't seen so much bachelor and bachelorette in one year it's kind of exhausting and uh jesse palmer is back as the host i felt kind of bad that uh taisha and caitlin you know they're just like gone and here you know whatever i i I liked i like those ladies but um anyway jesse palmer had been announced last fall taking over the place of uh uh, Chris Harrison, and it was like ABC said, copy and paste Chris Harrison, and we got Jesse oh, Palmer. No, but down to the very movement of his hands, yes. married moment. I like him, I though. Do too. I've always liked him as a correspondent for Good Morning America. I've liked Jesse Palmer forever, yes. so that's fine. And he's on GMA this morning, and they were having some giggles with him. Um, let's let's play the one The Bachelor you... and Jesse look very much alike, though. I well, might he, add. That's our first that, yeah. time. Oh, okay. Um, Clayton is more Dudley Do-Right than Jesse Palmer, (laughs) but here we go. All right. Are we doing the one where he... His resemblance, where the fan says... Okay, the fan. All righty. Mother, but someone mistook you for another family member. Who was that? Oh, man, Michael. A couple days ago, we're at the Rose Parade out in Pasadena, California, and this little cute girl comes up, and she asks Clayton and I to take a picture with her. And then she looks up at me, and she goes... Are you Clayton's dad? Mm. Oh! I was like, oh, man. Making me feel old. You know, Clayton's like my younger, taller, better-looking, more athletic brother. He's really, really good at making me feel totally irrelevant, and it happened yet again. So at this point, I'm I'm totally interested. And, you know, I will just say this. I am baffled as to why the producers of The Bachelor picked Clayton, a guy who went off so early in Michelle's season, and they had so many more interesting guys that they could have picked. No one has any connection. And it's like ABC and the producers know it because we saw in the first five minutes, we see who the last four girls are. What was, okay. Now what let's was just, that all let's about? Just, okay, so I kept thinking that they're manipulating this hair or doing something different because literally, Grant, they showed us who is going to the fantasy suite that he slept with three out of the four? Whoa. Yeah, I know we saw everything, everything. But but I want to. I wonder. Not that we'll remember it necessarily, but, but still, it was strange editing decision. I couldn't under. I, and I wonder if it's just a scam. Like they're they're inverting some people that no, really. I, we know who the last four are going to be. I they showed it to it. us. That's yeah. a terrible okay, but, production. But move. the the thing. Okay, so I just thought 
I laugh so hard because I like watching when they oh, first get introduced. Yes, I agree. That's People fun. are hysterical. So here were some of them that I wrote down. This one gal comes out and she brings a pillow and she goes, oh, I just I just brought us a pillow. And she gets out and she's got this white pillow. Hi, I'm whatever, Linda. And I've got a pillow. And and then she flips over. Are you afraid of dying? Oh, oh yeah. right, that's sorry. Betty White stuff. Oh, yeah. okay. And then so she flips, she flips over the pillow. So nice to meet you. And I just brought a pillow so I could sit on your face. I know. I thought, <laughs> with his face. With his face on the on pillow. It. I just thought, oh, okay. Okay. Open, open in the last Bachelorette before the last Michelle bought a dildo, you know. Yeah. So we've seen that. <laughs> yep. And then there was um, the woman who brings her mom to be her wing woman because yeah. she's a pilot. I thought, wow. And then the woman who brought the snake, oh, love the, at first hiss. Yeah. Oh, that I did. He give her a rose. The snake he did. lady, and hopefully, hopefully, that's not the only snake in the house. Um, and then, and then there's a woman who shows up in a bathtub in the clown car one. I just was like, what are we? Well, they did that in before with, before I know, that with I Michelle. Just, they had somebody come in in a little firefighter truck. It just makes you kind of giggle when the and the woman who showed up in the vintage car because she's thirty three years old and she's a vintage. Yeah, I I, I, I guess, laugh, Lori. I, yeah, I guess I I, I kind of feel like it's um, it's just the same old. And one of the things that we like in a reality show is like sort of the anticipation, and I just. Was like, I, why are they showing us who the last four ladies are and who the fantasy suite is, and why is he meeting with a lady who wants to go home because her wedding was like last weekend? Okay, so this is how <laughs> the show started. That was a waste of time. A it woman was. that was uh, signed up to be the bachelorette, and then she knocks on the door, and I thought, why would the producers let someone have access to him before the show even started? Right. It's it's different. I, we don't understand. I don't understand the choices. I'm with you, and I wish. Someone on Good Morning America this morning would have said to Jesse Palmer, why did you guys in the promos show us who the last contestants are? Because Robin, George, and Michael do not watch The Bachelor. They will promote The Bachelor. They can, And they like Jesse because he used to work, yep, with them. work there. And um, they showed a photo of Jesse Palmer because he was in the fifth season of The Bachelor. Right. So here's just a little bit more from uh, Jesse talking about, you know, kind of coming full circle. Jesse, good to see you, man. Good to see you. And Jesse, we see you now, but we have a picture of you almost 20 years from almost 20 years ago. We're going to throw it up there. Yeah, you are right. Look at that guy. You were the bachelor back in 2004. So what does it feel like to be back in your new role now? Well, I'm not wearing three-piece suits that don't fit anymore, I can say that, too. But I can also confirm that, that hosting the show is way less stressful than actually being The Bachelor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, 
Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. You don't have to deal with any of the drama. You don't have to make any tough decisions. But Michael, for me, you know, it was so nostalgic being back at the mansion on that first night, watching the women mansion. get out mm-hmm. of the limo, watching Clayton at his first row ceremony. I had this tidal wave of emotion reminding me of my time doing the show years and years ago. So really, it was it's such a cool experience having this thing come full circle now. And I think they picked Clayton because they wanted to start filming this back in September. And he'd already done all the COVID protocols. He'd already been through everything and they could just use him. Yeah. And they're just like, hey, let's get this guy that nobody has a connection to who looks like a big, tall Dudley Do-Right. I mean, he makes (laughs) Jesse Palmer look small. I couldn't believe it. What is that guy, 6'5"? I don't know, but he used to, he played briefly for the Seattle Seahawks after he was at Mizzou. He's a quarterback. He's a big dude. He's a big guy. Put that guy in a, a flannel shirt my brother would call him a lumber sexual he's super smart yeah he's got like three made three degrees yeah. and he's going to get his master i mean he that jaw he's, he's something yeah he's got a heck of a line that's what i mean six three right oh with he the, looks with the six three good head of hair on him yeah. smart like you said he's got it all going yeah i thought yeah. he kind of had thunder thighs if i'm gonna really be honest <laughs> those, those real strong yeah thighs. those thighs that bone crushers yeah <laughs> don't get trapped in those legs too long <laughs> but i just thought i don't know why i thought it was kind of fun i Lori, i'd been home for so long yeah. i've watched everything right oh, right so i need you know i just kind of i, and I usually kinda, don't I felt like the whole show had been laid out for me. And I was just like, oh, you're making us watch this again just two weeks after we watch one. You know, because I'm I'm not not going to watch it. But I just kind of feel like this is... um, It's a drag that they show us the ending, if that's the true ending. I kept thinking they've got to be... There's got to be a flip here or something has to be off. Yeah. Because they showed so much. It's like going to a preview when I'd freak out, like, don't show me so much. Yeah, right. And as if you can ever remember it. Casey always says that, too. He goes, they're telling the whole movie. I go, before the next trailer is on, I go, what was that movie about? (laughs) Can't remember. Can't remember. I don't even know the name of who starred in it. Right, exactly. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So... Well, um, it's on. I wonder where the ratings were even. Um, you know, I'm going to say it'll go back to Monday night next week, but I bet it was. It was Monday so- night last night. Oh, it was. OK, see, I'm already all off. I, I don't know. I mean, I hope that cute show Abbott Elementary gets got some traction. From last Aaron. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know a couple of people who watched it and said it was really. There were some cute, cute new shows that started comedies. Sitcoms, the sitcoms. good old sitcom yeah. on network television. Yes, yeah, good old sitcoms. They did pretty well. ABC's Bachelor opened up uh, its 26th season with almost 4 million total viewers last night and a 0.9 rating. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. As we'd have to a year, it to a year, year ago. ago, it was 5.2 million. So they're down okay. 1.2 million. So That's see, a lot. That's a there's Bachelor fatigue. We yeah. just watched this two and a half weeks ago. It's a year-long process with that show being... We never had four in one season, oh, in one year. That's a lot. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Okay, we're, we're here to watch it. Listen, we come back. We got a LoJ Book Club pick. The Last Dance of the Debutante. We'll be right back. All right, until we get to the LoJ Book Club, let's... Hey, everybody. It is uh, our first LoJ Book Club pick of 2022, and we are delighted... Julia Kelly is joining us. Um, We're calling her in England. Her book is The Last Dance of the Debutante. And we 
talk to you in 2021 about uh, your other wonderful book that we read, The Last Garden of England. Yes, thank you so much for having me back. You've been busy, Julia. Yes, oh my (laughs) gosh. Um, We love historical fiction, and you're just one of the best writers of it. And The Last Dance of the Debutante is just absolutely fantastic. I, I just... We were just transported to that time. So if you could give people the setup of uh, of your book, please. Absolutely. So in 1958, uh, Queen Elizabeth II uh, decided that she was no longer going to receive uh, debutantes at court after that year. So this story follows a young woman who is a debutante uh, at a bit of a crossroads in her life, trying to decide whether she wants to go the traditional path that her family wants her uh, to follow and, and do all the things that her mother and grandmother would have done in society, or whether she wants to take a bit of a different path and and choose a different life for herself. And, and it's not one of my books if it doesn't have a big family secret at the middle of it. So oh. all of that becomes revealed throughout the whole book julia this julia um <laughs> hello i i'm telling you i i think we got this around thanksgiving and it's available this it's I the think birthday it's, today yeah. of your book yes so it just comes out it is it is such a, a delicious book and i and i you know you write historical fiction that's just wonderful and take a place and transport us into these really moving characters and these women had it's she's really our um is it it's it's Lily. She really is at a crossroads in her life and in nineteen fifty eight it's it's hard to imagine. Women being, are at a crossroads. Right, and being invited Absolutely. to be presented before the Queen and I just rewatched um Bridgerton New Year's Day and mm-hmm. that whole scene where, you know, Daphne is going, everyone's going before the queen and how important it is for your curtsy to be perfect and your dress to be perfect and how you were judged. And your book just gave me so much more history around that event. I, I just loved it. Your book is so great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I, I have to say, I love that scene in Bridgerton. It shows the pressure that all these girls were under. Mm-hmm. Serious pressure and had to go through all this training and have all this these wardrobes made for all the parties and everything. And just, yeah. And how many parties they were required to go to. So many of them. It Actually, to the point where it sounds like work, believe it, it or not. It, it sounds hard. <laughs> I mean, when you do your research, um, Julia, for a book like this, what was do you know why Queen Elizabeth because she would have been a young woman in 1958 why she wanted to put an end to being presented at court at the beginning of debutante season did you ever know what that reason was well there are a couple of theories and one was that it was becoming less uh, exclusive Um, and the other theory is that society was really moving on so you have Britain after the war lots of changes happening of course you know Queen Elizabeth has the first uh, televised coronation which you see in the crown and there was a sense that this was a really old-fashioned practice that just wasn't in keeping with how society was moving Mm -hmm. right because it's you're looking for a husband your debutante season is basically the launch of the find the appropriate husband for yourself Exactly. And there there are more and more opportunities coming up for girls. Now, we're not fully into, you know, the 60s and 70s where things really started to change, but it's right on the precipice of that. It is. And it's, and how did you get the idea to, for the last uh, dance of the debutante? Did you read something? Were you watching something? I'm always curious where historical fiction writers, you know, get their inspiration well, my, my mother knows best. She read a wonderful book called The Last Curtsy about uh, the last season of The Debutantes, written by a woman who actually went through 
that season named Fiona McCarthy. And she said, you know, I think this is a great book and I think it would make a great novel. Um, and so I read it as well. It was just, it was just fantastic. It's a nonfiction book that just reads so wonderfully. Um, and I thought, you know, this is a really interesting time for women and it's an interesting time in London. So why not give it a try? Yeah, it just feels like a completely different world. Yeah. I mean, oh, you know, it and it's only in 1958. It feels completely different to think. And, and when we're talking about the pressure to go to all the parties and make all the friends and be invited, because you had to go and 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 mingle and network, basically, oh, to get I, invited to everything. I was P, I'm P. Green with Envy reading this. I'm like, oh, to have to go to parties for a whole year. How fun. <laughs> It sounds fun and kind of terrifying at the same time. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose the outfits alone, but you really do write just vivid, rich, wonderful um, characters. And how how much research then would you do? Did you do for the Last Dance of the Debutante? Obviously, you took your mother's advice and read that that book. But was it a lot? Well, that book was a big help, but um, one of the fun things that I got to do, because unfortunately we were we were during the pandemic mm-hmm. when I was writing it, so I couldn't go and see the dresses in person and things like that, but some women were very kind and actually told me about their experiences as debutantes, and so I was able to do some interviews uh, for the book and get, you know, little details that you wouldn't necessarily see in a history book, mm. um, so, you know, where they shopped and what it was like to actually go into the room where they were presented and, you know, what that felt like, and it was really fun getting a chance to chat with them. Did they talk about just the pressure being presented before the Queen? They did, and they also talked about the pressure that came with the rest of the season because the presentation was just the beginning. And then you had these months and months of parties and balls where you were seeing you know, the same people over and over again, and so you, you got to know the people in that world really well, but a lot of it was kind of cocktail party conversation and what you know, who you knew and, and how you were perceived in, in, you know, in and among all the other girls. So again, lots of pressure. It's yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just love this book. I gobbled it up in a day. Yeah. I loved it. Oh, thank you. I know. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Are any of the like the nightclubs that they went dancing at, are any of them, any of those places still around? I wish they were. I haven't been able to find any that are still mm. in operation, mm-hmm. um, but they really sound fabulous, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> oh, they, they do. I love a supper club. I mean, yeah, this book, it, I feel like, um, you know, the, I mean, we think this about a lot of historical fiction books that we read, but I really feel like with the appetite for The Crown and Bridgerton, it feels like the last dance of the debutante could be a very intriguing eight or ten part one and done tv series well i hope so well you never know you never know okay (laughs) what's in your background yeah 1958 i mean like the fashion you've got three great Mm -hmm. heroines i mean you know i just am thinking of the big little lies and how that story and you've got the secret and it it just feels like it would be an intoxicating tv show to watch as well as to read the book well, I would love to see it brought to life on screen. That would be that would be quite something, I think. A good book. fashion era for that. Yes, oh, yeah. the, fashion, the fashion. I know. So, Julia, so you you write historical fiction, and um, we just had you on for the Last Garden in England, which was one of the top picks for a book last year. We've seen it on all the lists. Congratulations! Is there Thank one you. of your books? Do you think that would make a better, like you know, um, 
theories for television, or do you think this? I mean, do you have ones that you want really to work? A favorite child. We yes, demand to know your favorite want. child. You're making me choose. You're making me choose. Well, I have to say, I, I think both of these I would love to see for very different reasons. I think, you know, like you said, there are three, you know, three main, main heroines in The Last Dance of the Debutante. It's sort of a bit more of a contained story. There's a lot going on in The Last Garden in England, but yeah. I, I would love to see that book come to life on screen. It just, the idea of seeing the gardens and the house and all those different timelines, because of course it's told over three times, would be really fun and and, and could be quite complicated. So yeah. It could oh, make gosh. for a lot of episodes. So have you started on your next book then already? I have. I have. Unfortunately, I don't have a title for it, but I've always got something going on uh, in the background. Oh my Jeez. God. You, you really have uh, so many great ideas and you're just such a good uh, storyteller and very charming how you tell, how you write, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I loved it. All right. So do you have a last great book that you've read, Julia? Well, I have to say I've, I've been spoiled for choice because I've had so many fantastic books uh, for Christmas, but I really loved, can I recommend a book that's coming out soon? Please, yes. and then I'll try to get the author on. Wonderful. Well, Christy Woodson Harvey's um, The Wedding Veil is really fun. It's a dual timeline book, and it um, involves the Vanderbilts and a missing wedding veil and a woman who's uh, sort of at a crossroads in her own life that starts with, uh, with, with her wedding. So it's really fun, and she's just a fantastic storyteller. And do you know her personally? I do, yes. So Grant, I'm lucky enough be- to have met her. Okay, before you hang up, we're going to have Grant get a little information from you, Julia. Sure. Because well, we'll, we'll, we'll book it. It I sounds mean, we, right up our alley. I know, because we love Kristen Harmel. Yes. And we had uh, Madeline on mm-hmm. the last bookshop in London. I mean, these are mm-hmm. our kinds of stories, and we really are excited to have such a wonderful book to kick off our, our Lori and Julia book club in 2022. We're just really Please, that you know, we're able to get you on your book launch date or book birthday or whatever you call it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun talking to you again. Yeah, thank and you, we'll, Julia. we'll talk to you again. And we love the last dance of the debutante. We have a, we have a couple copy books to yep. give away. Julia, thank you thank again. Thank you, Julia. Thank you again. Okay. okay, take care. All right, Grant, we'll get that next book. Yes. That sounds like a book oh, right up does. our alley. And we do have two copies to give away as well. Yeah. And if you haven't won anything in a while, 651-641-1071, and we'll get those out to you. Yeah. Love this book. Yeah. We'll be back. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Well, last week when you were gone, Joy, just a few hours before 2021 ended, we got a huge kick to the core of our souls and found out that uh, Universal treasure betty white had passed away um just shy of her 100th birthday and i have to tell you julia that just that day i had gone on new year's morning to lunds and i almost bought the people magazine with betty white on the cover sell you know 100 years and then find out that she died. I mean, I kind of was blaming people magazine yeah. for jinxing there and i realized okay she's 99. I mean, that's incredibly wonderful old age uh, to get to and living at her home in Brentwood, although she loved her home that she and Alan had in Carmel. Mm -hmm. That was the place that she really, really liked. But more with the pandemic and everything, she had more help i suppose i think that was what it was being right in la because yeah yeah, carmel so anyway we were just like she had died in the morning and it was 
It was very, I was talking to my mom and then I talked to my brother and there was like a, just a sadness of knowing that we're living in a world without Betty White because Betty White has been around. She's been in everyone's life. Mm-hmm. Like my mom. Who's different programs. Pro, and different but different decades, ages. Yeah. She's been in every, but for most of our lives, if not all of our lives. Mm-hmm. So there was kind of a sadness and we still have some legends and, you know. I'm, I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Amazing people, but she really was, I feel like Bob Newhart in that way that universally loved and people know them for so and many reasons. And reinventing themselves as different the characters time. on major television franchises. Oh, I remember watching the Mary Tyler Moore oh. show and want, I'm thinking, that's my idol. Uh-huh. The happy homemaker. <laughs> I loved Sue Ann Nivens. I was just that's like, so I want to be her. She didn't start on Mary Tyler Moore until the fourth season. Yeah, yeah, but when she came on, I was like, oh, yeah. that's the lady I want to be. Isn't that funny, Lori? With Phyllis's hair yeah. and <laughs> pantsuits. I know everyone was all about Rhoda and, and uh, but I really loved, I love, and I still remember there's this, uh, um, and, and totally stole this one time years ago, um, from Sue Ann Nivens, a happy homemaker. And she comes in kind of saying how tired she was because she was awake all night. She didn't get any sleep all night. And Mary is like, oh, you know, like, you know, maybe milk. Oh, no, it was wonderful. I didn't get any sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But here's a little bit from uh, CBS Sunday Morning. Um, uh, just just a story recapping uh, all the amazing um, ways that, that we all adored her. Yeah. Yeah. As long as there's been TV, Betty White's been on it. As she told Katie Couric. If you have one good series you know it's a blessing two good series is unusual three is where do you get privileges like that i taste it every minute that's why you're always avoiding me because you know if you get too close you're afraid the little pilot light of desire that flickers within you might turn your whole oven on (laughs) beginning in 1973 white portrayed happy homemaker slash man-eater sue ann nivens Mm -hmm. on the mary tyler moore show she was an obvious choice because she's so gifted. She was not an obvious choice because she's antithetical to the character. James L. Brooks was the show's co-creator. She was inventive. I think there was less direction of her than almost anybody. She had it all. I think she could have been a tremendous dramatic actress if she wanted to. In 1985, Betty White did a 180 and played lovably dim-witted Rose Nyland on The Golden Girls. I should have said no to the Miss St. Olaf beauty pageant. It was 1951. That was the first year they let humans enter, too. <laughs> and in 2010, White co-starred with Wendy Malick in the TV mm. Land series Hot in Cleveland. Loved great. it. Loved it. Noga Falls is naming the town square after me. Oh, that's great. Oh, did Canoga Falls lose a bet or something? <laughs> something Wendy Malick credits to her unfailingly positive outlook. 
I remember somebody coming up to her once, I don't remember who it was, and said, you know what I hate? And she said, no, and frankly, I don't care to know. <laughs> and that was pretty much Betty. She didn't want you to dump your dark woes and worries and angst. And she just wasn't interested in that. It's like you can always find something to be happy or grateful about. And she worked very hard at that. And that was her credo. I'm honored to be able to like say a few words about how truly wonderful she was because sometimes you're asked to do these things and you have to sort of pull out the good parts and leave the rest behind. <laughs> but Betty, there's no, there's no leaving the rest behind. It's all good. White worried that people were sick of seeing her on TV. She even speculated this for her gravestone. At last, she's gone. <laughs> she finally got off. <laughs> I really recommend, I thought CBS Sunday Morning it, had, a great, uh, it was yeah. like a 12 minute yeah, story. Good. That's a bit of it. That's a short little bit so, of it. So, so good. And going into some really just kind of great things about her, like that you didn't know. And then this is a, a clip from um, Katie Couric sitting down with Betty White, I don't know if it's 15 years ago, 20 okay. years ago, and I think they're talking about death. It's from 2011, so 10 years okay, ago. Okay, 10 years ago. Are you afraid of dying? No, not at all, not at all. My mother had the most wonderful outlook on death. She would always say, nobody knows. People think they do, but you can believe whatever you want to believe what happens at that last moment, but nobody ever knows until it happens but she said it's a secret so all growing up whenever we lose somebody she'd always say now they know the secret thank goodness you don't know the secret betty or you wouldn't be here but a lot of people probably want to know what's your secret what advice would you give to other people who want to have a rich long life like you've enjoyed when I pontificate, it sounds so, so, you know, oh, 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 she's preaching. I'm not preaching, but I think maybe I learned it from my animal friends. Kindness and, and consideration of somebody besides yourself. And I think that, that keeps you feeling young. I really do. Oh, and I think that's so so sweet about your mom saying now they know the secret. That is like so lovely. <laughs> I feel like your dad would yeah. say this sometimes. Yeah. That it's a big secret, and when mm -hmm. you know, you're going to know the big secret. And then Carol Lawrence, apparently, you know, they're all she was good friends with her, and of course Carol Burnett. Yep. I mean, imagine when Carol Vicky Lawrence, Vicky Lawrence. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, she uh, that her last word was Alan, Alan. Her, her husband, husband Alan Ludden. So maybe the secret she was seeing Alan was like waiting for her. And oh. Ryan Reynolds had the sweetest tweet. He said, somehow you were you were way too old, but you never got old or something like that. But he ended it with it. And Betty, now you know the secret. Oh, I have goosebumps. So Me it's too. like maybe, you know, people always ask you when you get to be a certain age, are you afraid to die or whatever? But she never had been. And I think that was a wonderful way of looking at it. and I just love that she talked about that with Ryan and he's like now you know the secret Betty well and that's from the movie proposal that they yeah. worked on which I of course just watched yeah. I mean that movie never gets, gets old yeah, and her yeah, character yeah. never gets old her comedic timing was brilliant you know I I just think of her as like you said we've 
We watched everything with her. The Golden Girls. We watched. She's been in. I mean, yeah. she's one of those people, and, and and the two iconic characters. And my mom. We just had our big birthday party this year. Was a Golden Girl thing, right. and uh, my brother only had Betty White candles because she was the only one still yeah. alive. And you know, we had a Golden Girl. You know, they sitting, got Golden Con coming up in Chicago in like it, June this year. They do, and, and January seventeenth, right? Her movie, they, the oh, documentary, birthday, right? Her hometown that she was born, Oak Park, mm. Illinois, is going to have Betty White Day on January seventeenth. Yeah. with I, it just really, I just felt like, oh, gut punch. That one, and especially, Lori, like you said, you're I side eyed people. I side eyed people I magazine. Think a lot of people I, did. I, I think a lot of people I did. All right. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.